It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Locked On Panthers podcast. Bill Rossetti of Panthers Wire back with you guys. It is Wednesday, March 27th. We are rolling through here. The owners' meetings seem to be pretty much in the books. And the big story out of the owners' meetings out of Phoenix is that pass interference is now completely reviewable. We all know, of course, of the non-call that happened in the NFC Championship game between the Saints and the Rams. It sounds like now that stuff like that will not happen again as the NFL owners voted to allow pass interference, both called and not called, to be reviewable. It'll be like any old challenge, it's among any old challenge play or any other challenge play that the coaches can throw the challenge flag for uh, before two minutes of the half. And then, just like all the other challenges, after the two-minute warning, it is a uh, it, it, it would go to the booth. It would be an official's review if they decide to make the make make the uh, the challenge call. Excuse me. So, big step. Uh, I see the concerns of all the fans worrying that this is going to slow the game down a little bit, but I don't think it really will too much. If it's going to slow any part of the game down, it's going to be the final two minutes. You know, it's because coaches still only get two challenges and a third if they win both challenges. So it's not like you can challenge every pass interference call. And obviously there's going to be other calls that the coaches are going to want to challenge too. So you're, you're really not looking too much at the coaches and those challenges slowing the game down. It's going to be within the final two minutes when the officials have the ability to challenge just about every call really. So if, if there's any concern and I still don't think it's going to be that big of a concern because how, how many how many of these types of plays are you really going to see within the last two minutes of a half or of the game? So I I don't think this is as big of a deal in terms of slowing the game down and hurting the product as, you know, I've been seeing a lot of on social media. But it is obviously a important change. It's probably a change that had to happen because, as we know, things could have looked very different at the end of the playoffs, had that pass interference been called, um, you know, we're, we're not going to get into that now. But I think the timing of that just showed, or the, or the timing of that play really helped necessitate the fact that the NFL had to do something, and they went ahead and they did it last night at the owners' meetings. There were some other uh, rules changes, not really... Uh, you know, I didn't even get a chance to see the whole, all, all the rules or like a breakdown of the rules. I know there's some with like roster flexibility during training camp and uh, a cu- couple other rules, but that obviously was the big one with the pass interference call. 
Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. But I think on today's episode, we did a mock draft yesterday. I think we're going to go ahead and do a little bit of a mock draft roundup because Panthers.com went ahead and they did another of their mock draft reports. And this time they went two rounds deep for some of the different mocks. So I think we'll continue on that stretch. We've done this a couple times. Check out uh, just a, a roundup of a bunch of the mock drafts and guess just kind of give some takes. So the first one they went with was from Ryan Wilson of CBS Sports. His latest two-round mock has the Panthers taking Jonah Williams, the offensive tackle out of Alabama at 16, and then Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, the safety out of Florida at number 72. Or, yeah, 72. How the hell did I say 72? Good grief. My goodness. 47. Wow. Boy, you can tell it's early in the morning, but 47, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. And look, these are obviously two big positions of need. We, we've we touched on Jonah so much throughout this draft process. There's really, at this point, there's really not much more that needs to be said, to be quite honest, because of all the, all the possibilities we've gone through and we're still a couple weeks out in the draft. But Gardner-Johnson's not really someone that we've talked about quite that often, you know, especially as, you know, because a lot of the focus has been on the first round, obviously, but uh, if we look at what they wrote about Gardner Johnson, uh, Ryan Wilson says, quote, his coverage ability makes him an attractive option for the Panthers, and he wrote about the concerns that Gardner Johnson had at his tackling ability, but uh, still a pretty solid, still a pretty solid safety, you know, I'd have to look a little bit more into him, but uh, a second-round safety, especially if you don't get guys like Adderley or Deontay Thompson, some of those guys, it's a nice fallback option. And we talked yesterday about how there was a possibility of Rashawn Golden getting some work at the nickel spot. So there absolutely is, and even if he didn't, or even if even before we heard this news, we still talked about the possibility, the strong possibility, really, of the Panthers grabbing a safety at some point in this draft. So, really, you know, you've got whether it's in the first round or the second round. At, at this point, I think it's becoming more likely that very early, it, it's going to be a safety. You know, would I like to see someone like Nasir Adderley at 16? Sure, but more than likely it's either going to be an offensive lineman or a defensive lineman, but this is still a two-round mock that definitely hits arguably the two biggest needs or two of the biggest needs outside of edge defender with those first two picks. Uh, the next one is Dan Kadar of SB Nation, and he also has Jonah Williams at 16, but then he goes with Zach Allen, at number 47, the defensive end out of Boston College. Now, there's a lot of... 
how do I want to say this? There's a lot of uh, variance, I guess, in terms of do people like Zach Allen? Do some because I've I've seen some love for Zach Allen. I've seen some players or I've seen some analysts say he's kind of just another body at the defensive end position. So I don't know if you know if they like a guy like Zach Allen. Part of me feels like he's someone that they can maybe get in round three. I don't know if they have to pull the trigger in round two. And, you know, I'd have to look at Dan Kadar's mock to see what other edge defenders were available at this point. But it is interesting, nonetheless, that Allen was the pick here. And uh, Brian Strickland, who wrote up this article, does make note that Allen recorded at least six sacks uh, each of the last three years for Boston College. And he notes that Allen has the size to be an interior rusher as well. And that's something we've seen a lot more teams a lot more teams do more of uh, over the last couple of years. You know, we've seen the Eagles do it. Uh, even back during their days that they were winning Super Bowls, the New York Giants did this quite a lot with guys like Justin Tuck and Jason Pierre-Paul. Moved them inside on passing situations. But Zach, Zach Allen is an interesting name to me in round two. I wonder if they would, uh, if they'd be able to wait on him in into round three, even if they want to trade up for him in round three using those two first round picks. But uh, obviously a little bit of a, a pattern there, two guys both agreeing. And obviously if you look at a lot of mock drafts, Jonah Williams is going to be the guy that you're going to see quite often at number 16. Matt Miller of Bleacher Report released his latest mock, and he's got Brian Burns, the defensive end out of Florida State at 16, and Caleb McGarry at number 47. And Burns is a fantastic, and remember, uh, the mock draft we did yesterday at Fanspeak using Matt Miller's board, we ended up with Brian Burns ourselves at number 16. And Burns is just a fantastic defensive end and if he's there at 16 I would have no problem this is why the ideal situation for the Panthers would be if a, a couple of those defensive ends fall to them at 16 if Burns is on the board and Farrell is still on the board and or Montez Sweat is on the board then they could just pick and choose what defensive end they want uh, but if you know only one happens to follow them then in a way, it makes the decision easier. But uh, Burns is Burns is outstanding, and, and we've we've seen this now for quite some time. You know, just to give them that youth that they so desperately need at the pass rusher pass rusher position. And you know, you look at some analysts, and I even wrote about I even mentioned that uh, about Kyle Krabs, how much he really likes Brian Burns. I think Kyle has Burns as his. Second highest edge defender behind Nick Bosa. So, yes, even higher than Josh Allen, higher than Rashawn Gary. So, to get Burns at 16, I think, would be absolutely fantastic. And then Caleb McGarry, obviously, we know now of the story of Caleb McGarry. And um, Ben Solak, I'm going to obviously give him a shout-out because he's my boy doing big things uh, if you follow, well, I shouldn't say if you follow, because if you if you watch football, you obviously follow Adam Schefter on Twitter. Adam shared Ben Solak's story from the Draft Network 
on Caleb McGarry, and certainly Twitter went berserk for Ben, you know, in a positive way. You know, congrats to Ben for getting that story shared on ESPN. And obviously, it's a great story about the the off-field issues, you know, the the heart the heart conditions, the health the health concerns that Caleb McGarry had been dealing with throughout his uh throughout his life really not just his football career but he's obviously overcome those conditions to really put himself in position to be uh, one of the top tackles uh, in this draft class you know he might fall out of the first round because of those past conditions but at least he's got the talent and uh, to get a guy so so far this is probably my bet my favorite mock draft of these of the first three we've talked about so far. You get a fantastic edge defender at 16 and you get a really good offensive tackle at number 47. And by the way, this was a three round mock for Matt Miller. He also gave the Panthers David Sills at number 77 and Gerald Willis, the Miami defensive tackle at number 100. And well, actually, I didn't scroll enough. Those are actually the only three mock draft roundups. Because again, it's a it's a two round mock, so obviously you're not going to find too many mock drafts right now to fit this category. Because as we know, if, if you if you scour the interwebs, you're usually only going to see one round mock drafts. But like I said, Matt Miller's is probably my favorite because I'd be perfectly fine with getting a guy like Caleb McGarry or maybe someone like Greg Little in round two, if it means, you know, getting one of those edge defenders, obviously, yeah, it, uh, it does, it does mean passing on Jonah Williams and Andre Dillard. But again, if that means landing Caleb McGarry or Dalton Reisner in round two, then I'm all for it. Uh, yeah, I don't know if Dalton Reisner's are going to be there in the middle of round two. I could see him high round two, maybe even late round one, just because of his versatility and, and how strong he is, how strong he was at Kansas State. Definitely a personal favorite of mine. Uh, but on the on the other hand, I wouldn't have a problem with, with any of these. I mean, you're, you're talking, especially Ryan Wilson's, you know, getting a solid safety there at number 47. And let's actually, let's dig into him a little bit and kind of look at his bio. So we'll take some info here off of the off of the NFL.com page from the Combine. So Chauncey Gardner-Johnson out of Cocoa, Florida. He was a junior, 5'11", 210 pounds, measured with 30 and 7 eighths inch arms, 9 and a quarter inch hands. Uh, his Combine results, he ran a 4.4840, which is obviously very solid, especially for defensive backs. 17 reps on the bench press. 36 inches on the vertical jump, 117 inches on the broad jump, 703 three cone drill, and a 4.2 shuttle, or 20 yard shuttle. He didn't run the 60 yard shuttle. So I'll just read some notes from his player bio here on the NFL Combine page. Uh, started 11 of 13 games as a junior, and they also know he actually lengthened his last name. He was just Chauncey Gardner, he added Johnson to it. Uh, to honor Brian Johnson, who he called Pops, who had been with his family since he was young. So that's how he got the name Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. 
Started uh, 11 of 13 games as a junior, 71 tackles, 9 tackles for a loss, 3 sacks, led the Gators with 4 interceptions, and had 2 pass breakups. Uh, also started all 11 games as a sophomore for Florida, 58 tackles, 6 for a loss, 2 interceptions, 7 pass breakups. And in 2016, as a freshman, he began as a reserve defensive back and was a special teams coordinator and then eventually earned three three starts uh, toward the end of the season. Had three interceptions, which tied for the team lead. So two out of three years, he either tied or was the, the team leader in interceptions, including two interceptions in that year's Outback Bowl, becoming the first freshman to win the Outback Bowl MVP at Florida since Emmett Smith. Uh, and then they have a bit of analysis from Lance Zerline, who actually compares him to Nate Allen, who calls him a Lance considers Chauncey a big athletic defensive back. Uh, I think some teams will see him as a big slot defender. Support the he can blitz, he can support the run, uh, handle zone duties, play man, cover tight ends. He, he does think some others will see him as a cover one high safety because of his range, his ball skills. And that wouldn't be bad with uh, for the Panthers, you know, because we know Eric Reed is pretty versatile. So you bring in a guy like uh, Gardner Johnson, it, allows you, it could allow you to kind of mix and match with Eric Reed, especially in a uh, cover three scheme. That they that they like to run. So some of the strengths from Lance uh, likes his frame, well built, athletic, agile, very versatile. He can play the slot. He can play high safety. He can play down safety. So again, with Eric Reed, you can really kind of mix and match things if you bring in a guy like him. Uh, he likes his mirror transitions from the slot. Likes his uh, his speed, no hesitancy as a striker. So that that's obviously a big thing. Ball uh, size and power to separate the receivers from the ball, and especially with how many strong receivers you have in the NFC South, that's pretty important. Uh, does have some weaknesses as to all players. Uh, he he feels his back pedals a little tight and upright. Uh, thinks he can improve his footwork in space as a safety. Uh, creates coverage holes with excessive drops from high safety and uh, you know a few other things. He going back to the athleticism. He does say relies on athleticism over anticipation, which you know obviously that's that's something where sometimes that works for you, sometimes that gets you into trouble. But overall, it sounds like a solid guy. And uh, they also have quotes from uh, AFC scouts, AFC personnel directors or NFC rather, but in this case it's an AFC personnel director who says, quote, go watch the Florida State game from last year, and that is who he should be in the NFL. He's fast and he will hit you. He's going to get a cornerback he's going to get cornerback love because of his size, but he's a free safety. And again, you know, that that versatility and that and that's kind of what you see anymore out of all these safeties. And it's, it's kind of like when I got a chance to talk to Anthony Lynn, the head coach of the Chargers at the Combine, and I kind of asked him about the fact that he has Derwin James so versatile. Does it make it easier for him to find that second safety on the field? And Lynn made note of how he really likes safeties to be as versatile as possible, really likes them to be 
very interchangeable. And I think if you bring in a guy, you know, looking now at a guy like Chauncey here, you bring him into Carolina, you have that ability, you have that versatility with both your safeties between Gardner Johnson and Eric Reed. So, you know, now that, now that I look about it or look more at it and, you know, certainly I'll try to catch a little more film on him, but this is, this is a bit of a fit now that I can definitely get behind in the, in the second round, especially if you're going to move Rashawn Golden to the, uh, to the nickel and, and compete, likely compete with Corn Elder, though Golden will probably get the first crack there. But uh, I, I, I can kind of dig this. I, I would not have a problem with this. Uh, and again, that's the third mock draft with Zach Allen as the, the second rounder. Again, Zach Allen just seems to be a very debatable, or he, he's been kind of one of the more debated edge defenders among a lot of draft analysts or draft analysts. So, you know, it'd be intriguing if they, it'd be interesting if they actually pull the trigger on him in round two, or if he's someone that the Panthers or some of these other teams can feel uh, they can wait until round three to get. But again, as, as far as those three mocks are concerned, I definitely like Matt Miller's because I would be more than thrilled with Brian Burns in round one and, Zach out, or excuse me, and um, Caleb McGarry in round two. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So that That's your Mock Draft Roundup from the Panthers website. And again, two rounds deep. And in the case of Matt Miller's, three rounds deep. I think that's where we'll wrap it up for now. Nice little short pod today. We'll be back next time, of course, to talk more Panthers football, as we tend to do quite often here on the Locked On Panthers podcast. As always, thanks so much for the support and following the podcast. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Bill underscore Setti, R-I-C-C-E-T-T-E. And remember to follow the podcast on our new podcasting app, Himalaya as well as Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and, of course, if you're driving in your car and you have a smart speaker, just jump in your car and tell your smart speaker to play Locked On Panthers. Simple as that, and you'll be hearing my lovely voice on your speakers. Hopefully you find it lovely. Like I said, love the support, love chatting with you guys. Uh, It's always fun to talk to the great fans of Panthers Nation. But I'm going to get out of here. Enjoy your day, everyone, and we'll see you next time right here on LOP. Until then, take care, my friends. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. 
They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL Draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.